Welcome to the Clarity Advisor Show, where you'll learn how to grow your team today. Join Ken Trupke and his guests as they discuss what works and doesn't work to grow your team in today's world. And now, your host, Ken Trupke. Hello again, and welcome to the Clarity Advisor Show. And when you go off on your own and start a business, it is usually because you see a need in the market that isn't being met, or maybe you think you can do something better than is currently being done. But sometimes you just need a change and you want to do your own thing. My guest today is a speaker, an author, and podcaster. She's the regional manager of G7, a Christian networking group. Oh, and she's also a top producing loan officer with Geneva Financial. And in 2022, she ranked seventh in the country for a company with 120 locations in 48 states. Credit Christie, as she's known, learned how to build a team and grow sales production and not burn out. So here to share some of what she learned and wish she'd learned earlier, please welcome Christy Naruzzi. Christy, welcome to the show. Hi, Ken. So great to be here with you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's going to be fun. So I teased a little bit about people needing to jump out and do their own thing. Tell me a little bit of your story and how you got to be doing some of your own things. Uh, I've got a lot of things at the same time, don't I? My goodness. And you're saying that I was like, wow, I've got my my hands in a lot of pots here. (laughs) Um, My personality type will not allow me to sit uh, still for too long. So I love to have fun and I love my, my work and my contribution to be very uh, varied. So it's a lot of fun to uh, to have my hands in a bunch of different things. So um, for many, many, many years, I was an employee. I was um, working multiple jobs. I can't remember a time in my life that I didn't have two or three jobs going on at the same time just to accomplish what I was looking to accomplish as far as my um, finances and savings and goals to travel and just have the things that I wanted in my life. Well, there was at one point when I had just moved to Central Florida from Southwest Florida, I knew nobody. I was working seven days a week uh, for other people, and I was bringing home this really lousy paycheck. And so I realized, like, I need to go out and do my own thing. I've got to be the one that's in charge of my income. And so I started not knowing a single soul in all of Central Florida, which is the greater Orlando area. I didn't know anybody when I moved here and I just jumped in with two feet. I was able to hook up with a a couple of really great organizations where I got to meet some amazing business people and I haven't looked back. So um, I look back at, well, I'll look back right now. How's that? If I looked back at where my life was eight years ago, um, I was working seven days a week for lousy income and I just had no joy. I couldn't find purpose and there was no passion in what I was doing. So when I really started looking at what was most important, uh, I, I know I'm a leader. Uh, I don't know that anybody's necessarily a born leader. I think we can choose it and step into our greatness. And I just knew I wanted to um, be an influential leader that uh, cares for other people and creates a really great environment in which they can have fun, feel purpose and passion in their work, and be part of a team that uh, their contribution like actually makes a difference because I wasn't experiencing that myself. And so now I'm in charge of my income. I'm 100% commission, have been for many, 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 many years, and um, launching a business next month uh, on my own in addition to the 47 other things you said I do. <laughs> All right. That's fantastic. So I want to just come back to a couple of things. So you said you moved to Orlando now from where again? 
from Southwest Florida. I've moved from Sarasota, which okay. if you haven't been, the most amazing beach in all of the world is Siesta Key Beach in Sarasota. Go check it out. They have a great uh, drum circle on Sunday nights. It's so amazing. Okay. So what prompts you to move to Orlando where by your own admission, you don't know anyone? Oh, I got knocked on my butt. <laughs> <laughs> so the the honest story is I was in partnership with somebody and the partnership ended uh, terribly. It didn't have to go the way it did, but uh, I wasn't in charge of that. So uh, it unfolded in a really ugly way. Wasn't one of my proudest moments and um, felt like I really got bounced off of the road. And so I can either accept that as God has a better plan for me right now. And sometimes you have to get bumped off the road in order to explore what I'm, what path I'm supposed to be on, or I could just sit in it and be really unhappy. And so, um, I cried probably on my couch for about a month trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I tried a few different things. I got my hands in real estate. I see, I feel like, um, many people try out real estate sales because they don't know what else to do with their life. At least that was my, uh, moment in time, my experience. And so I just wanted a clean slate and a friend of mine said, let's get out of here. Let's try and explore something different. I think that sometimes when you're in like your hometown and people knew you as this one thing and you're not that one thing anymore, it's hard for them to see you differently. I mean, ask, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, right? He went back home and uh, wasn't really accepted. They just saw him as, as the carpenter he was. So I was just ready for a fresh start and to create a new name for myself. Okay, good deal. And Orlando seems like a great place to move to. Although from Sarasota, I don't know, there's a anywhere, anywhere in Florida seems like a really good place. I'm in Michigan right now. We've got a foot of snow. It's sunny today, but it's usually not. And, uh, it's like 32 degrees. So I'm sorry yeah. for that. Our, our week of winter is behind us now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Orlando is a great, great town. I've been there a number of times now, really enjoy it. So I can see where you would choose to, to yes. go there and plant your flag. So, so let's talk about that. So you moved to Orlando and What's the process to get the team that you have today? How did you get into the, what, what you're doing? And then talk a little bit about how you built that team. Yeah, well, um, you know, lots and lots of years of um, just trying to figure it out on your own. Uh, I think the hardest uh, step from becoming a solopreneur to being a team leader is putting that initial trust in other people. Um, we have a tendency, I have it, I'll speak for myself. I have a tendency of believing that I can do what I want to have done better than anybody else. So relinquishing that control was actually really very difficult for me. But you get to a point where if you don't bring on a, another team member, you will experience burnout. And so in order to not continue working 80 something hours a week, I brought on my first team member. Uh, so she is a part-time assistant. She's absolutely amazing. Uh, it was a little bit of a rough start because I tend to be a little passive aggressive. And so when things weren't exactly how I wanted them to be, I wasn't really good at coaching and guiding and leading. And so I had to learn a lot about myself in order to be um, a really good mentor and leader for her. And I, you have to do a lot of um, uh, just self analysis as to what are my strengths, but what's also my weaknesses. And it's, we, we kind of have blind spots sometimes on what our weaknesses are. And sometimes there's a spotlight on it. Well, for me, I had a few blind spots. So 
what I believed I was strong in, I was just able to barely carry it forward. And I, I used to feel like I was okay in that space. And I wasn't. Uh, for instance, I'm not a, um, a detailed, very analytical person. I'm more of the visionary, big picture, uh, the, the front line, the rainmaker. And I needed somebody to help me with the details because things were falling through the cracks. And that's not a, that's not a productive way to be. So I found somebody who was very, very detailed. But we sometimes have a tendency of hiring or bringing on people onto our team that is much like us. Because if you were to say, analyze like the disc profile, uh, personality styles, we like to be in relationship with people who are most like us because we feel more comfortable. But what I actually needed was the yin to my yang. I needed an opposite uh, for her strengths where my weaknesses were. So instead of trying to create my weaknesses into strengths, I just hired and filled that space. Um, and that was that was the hardest part because you've got you've got to carve time out to train somebody up properly. And when you're already stretched to the max, it's probably you know a little late to bring somebody in. Probably should have done it months earlier when I wasn't working quite as many hours and feeling so stressed. But, um, you know, once you get past that hurdle and you, you find your mojo, man, it's a life changer. Yeah. I don't have time to train somebody. I'm too busy. Right. I can't, right. can't train right. someone to take things off my plate. I have too much on my plate. That's yeah, exactly that's that really sticky place. Yeah. We find ourselves as we're growing, but you know, scalability is something that isn't really mastered. You almost kind of have to emulate other people who've done it well, try to get some, some nuggets, just like what you're teaching to your audience, you know, that people can glean out of that and say, yeah, this, I, I, okay, I can do that, but it's, it's messy and it's, it's hard at first. So I know <laughs> that you have, you have experience with disc and I'm curious, were you intentionally looking at the disc model when you were looking to say, I need someone who's got their strength is my weak areas. And so were you saying like, I tend to be high, I fast paced people oriented. And so I'm going to need somebody who's way more, you know, detail oriented and deliberative. Was that, yeah. was that your thinking or how did you go about uh, intentionally finding that, that person? Yeah. So once I learned about the disc profile and personality styles where my strengths were and the opposites, then I could hire that way. I think that's a great place for people to, to start and keep in mind that your opposite, which is where you need to bring somebody in for, uh, you know, serving your weak spots, essentially, there's going to be some communication breakdowns if they don't understand your you know, innate style and um, if I don't understand their innate style. So it's really important to get clarification on what those different personality um, uh, traits are like, because that way you have an appreciation for our differences. A lot of times we'll see differences in people and we feel like we've got to be at arm's length. I actually want to pull them in closer because of those differences, that is that is suiting me well, that is helping me to be more um, accomplished and be able to be more productive because I no longer have to focus on that weak spot. I can delegate then those things that I'm not the best at. But I also need grace from somebody who's a high C, very um, analytical, detailed. Um, they really want things to be delivered well and right, if not perfect. And I'm not. I'm like, 80% is good. So I have to make sure I do a good job of explaining 
what my expectations are. I don't need perfect. I just need better than what I'm delivering. <laughs> so what does that look like? You know, where's that threshold? What is good enough? Um, and then making sure they understand this is I'm I'm I don't have the attention span of a gnat. It might be more of like a mosquito. Um, and it's not really intentional. It's just because I have 18 things going on at the same time. So, you know, the, the hard wire spread across uh, all of it. Yeah, uh, that's great stuff. And I love the intentionality behind thinking through who it is exactly you're looking for as that, especially that first teammate. So we'll dive in more to Christy's experience building that team right after this break. You're with us on the Clarity Advisor Show. Stay tuned. Is your business where you want it to be or on track to get there? Clarity Advisors helps business leaders improve communication and get your team aligned and engaged for greater success. We specialize in helping you streamline your sales and operating systems to improve efficiency and grow your profits. Call or text Ken at 616-822-2998 to have a complimentary 12-minute call to see what some clarity could do for you. And we're back on the Clarity Advisors show today, talking with Christy Naruzzi. So Christy, you walked us through getting that first teammate. Tell me about the next couple of people you brought onto your team and how you thought about doing that and what you were looking for. Well, I'll tell you after the first, it feels a little bit easier because I've, I've really made some mistakes, right? I, I look at, oh man, I wish I had shown her that earlier. I wish I had um, set the expectations or, or made those instructions a little clearer earlier. Uh, so I, I definitely learned. And I, I think we both learned a lot about each other and, um, and communication, just being as clear as possible. And again, back to your point, just before the break about the DISC personalities, um, delivering information in a way that she needs to hear it, not that I typically default to. So uh, in a clear, concise manner and also allowing, like I said, she's a high C, so she wants to deliver perfection. And I don't need perfection. I just need it to be good enough. So what does good enough mean? Uh, so being really clear on that. And then the next couple of roles, we brought in another loan officer. I brought in a processor. And um, I think that those next couple people, when you bring it in, it definitely changes. It shifts the culture. So making sure that personalities align, uh, that we all know how we best communicate and what's really important. I think um, where I have failed in the past is really not... Um, understanding what drives somebody intrinsically. Uh, I had read recently that this is the first time in history that we have seven generations out there working. So somebody who's maybe in their 60s, you know, they they were taught to leave their personal life at home. And if you're working with somebody in their younger, you know, um, first couple of years in the workplace, they don't know that separation. So they may not be able to dive into working really hard until they share with you what happened last night or what's heavy on their heart. So just knowing what somebody needs as far as um, communication, a little bit of time, what kind of attention, uh, what kind of questions, um, what they need that drives them. Uh, finding out somebody's why, you know, for sure, anybody showing up for, you know, a 40 hour a week job, it's just a job, right? Just you're getting your paycheck and you're moving on with your life. Or are they getting a great sense of purpose and passion and accomplishment out of their work? I mean, that would be the goal for everybody, but not everybody shows up that way. So, so what's important to them? How would they like to be acknowledged for those successes? And, um, 
how do we need to talk about things where we're falling short? So just uh, those communication uh, things were, were really um, at the forefront of my mind as we started building our team, because everybody needed something a little bit different from me. They needed a different kind of communication style. They needed a different kind of conversation and time of me. And then, um, you know, some people love to be acknowledged in public. And some people would rather privately have, you know, a pat on the back and say, I'm so stinking proud of you and your growth. And so it's really important to be able to identify those things. Um, that second and third person I felt was so much easier <laughs> than that first person. Because again, that first person, it was relinquishing that control and trusting, trusting somebody to do it as good enough. How's that? Good enough. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I love the individualization focus that you have, that you, I could just tell you really try to get to know that person and what they need and how they respond to things. I'm curious, did you do disc behavior assessments with everybody to, to get some data or are you just such a student of people or just trial and error? Or how did you come to know your team so intimately that you can have these great relationships? I wish I could admit and say that we all did the disc profile. I just, I've, I've learned so much about it. Um, uh, our friend, Joe Peachy, our shared friend, uh, helped me to become disc instructor certified and just diving deep into that helped me identify a lot. I think some of it was trial and error, um, just figuring out who they are. Cause not everybody shows up as, as boldly as a, a high eye might show up. Sometimes you've, you've got to um, really track What's more important? Are they more task oriented than people? And so in hindsight, I wish that I had started off that way with the disc profile, uh, but just getting to know it a little bit more deeply than what I had as far as experience in the past um, really helped. And I'll, I'll tell you what, um, one of the books that shaped my life is called Leadership and Self-Deception. And that taught me so much about how we treat others and how they show up to us. It was literally life-changing. I think every single leader should read it, but having that at the forefront, because I just read it as I started building out my team was really prominent in how I treated um, others and wanted to make sure that they knew their value more so than just somebody on the team or somebody who I rely on for, you know, X hours a week, 40 or, or less, but whatever their, you know, their case is. My, my first hire was part-time. So, um, you know, I want them to understand that they're cared for, that they're valuable and they're important. So can you replace somebody on your team? Yes, but I can't replace that person. So as long as they're on my team, I want them to feel very, very valued. And I have found that when people truly um, deeply feel valued, they'll stay even if maybe they could go make a little bit more money over here, or maybe the, um, you know, the insurance package is better over there. If we create that culture where somebody feels like they're part of something bigger than just their own contribution, but their contribution helps make that all bigger, man, it, we, we get, a, we get, we, we go so much further. Oh, I, that's so true. So many good nuggets in what you just said. That was, it was so helpful. Yeah, the indivi again, individualizing people and understanding them and digging into what motivates them and how they like to be appreciated. And I love what you said that you can replace the, the position, but you can't really replace that person. You're going to get someone different. 
So that's, yeah. that, that's so good. And, and, and once you've found great people to be on your team, yeah, you want to figure out ways to retain them and making them feel valued and special and part of the mission, all, all so good. So thanks for sharing that. So tell me what you're up to now. I know you've got a lot of things going on with podcasting and speaking and writing. What are the things that, that you're working on now? Yeah, um, February 22nd is going to be my third year anniversary of the podcast. And that's just simply part of my ministry. I teach about credit because I found that there's just not a lot of teaching on credit. And it's uh, a game that we have to know the rules in order to win. So um, coming up on 100 episodes and on three years of my podcast, um, and G7 is a, a group called G7 Networking. It's a Christian organization. Uh, we're in five states right now, but we're looking to grow it across the country. And I am responsible for building out Florida. So uh, it's been a lot of fun starting up chapters and getting relationships forged through um, really deep relationships. And um, that's where referrals come through. You really get to know, like, and trust somebody deeply. You want to help them be successful. And so we create opportunities and uh, make introductions that could really just change their business. And let's see, I'm writing my second book. <laughs> um, this one's all about our relationship with money, which we learned about when we were very, very young, somewhere between three and five years old, we started seeing and experiencing that in our environment. And we've kind of lived into what we believe to be true about money as adults. But then we never really question our beliefs. And then you get into a relationship and your significant others never really question their beliefs. And so it becomes a really big strife in relationships. It's one of the top reasons for conflict and divorce. So if we can get to the root of that, get an, a better understanding and be able to talk about it because now we, we have understanding, uh, perhaps we can make some big shifts uh, out there in relationships and it's just in our own personal finance. So I'm having a lot of fun writing that, I'm trying to keep it from it being a 300, all, a 300 page book because as you can see, I've got a lot to say. <laughs> that's great, that's, that's all great. So we talked also at the beginning about things that you've learned to produce, create a high producing team that doesn't burn out. So two-part question, how do you keep from burning out with all that you've got going on and how do you help your team not burn out? Great questions. Uh, so for me, this is really challenging for me because I love to just keep going, 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 but my husband is is amazing. He, he knows me and he knows that like I need rest and rest to me in the past. I felt like, well, I can't quit for a day. I can't, I, there's too much to do. Um, but I've got to be reminded constantly, we are human beings, not human doings, and um, everybody needs rest. So I love to go and do something that just allows me to just kind of be at peace. I love being outside. I love going um, to the beach. We have a boat. I love to read. I read about 50 books uh, a year. And so I just love being outside doing nothing except for maybe reading, maybe napping, um, that helps keep me going. So um, gives me something to also look forward to after really long days during, during the week. And then as far as my team, you know, rewarding them on something that is really important to them. Uh, my first hire, she's amazing. Uh, tomorrow is a field trip for her daughter. And she asked weeks ago, can I go? And I was like, Absolutely. So just sprinkled over the last couple of weeks, she did a little extra here and a little extra there. And I appreciate that so much. And I also want to reward her. And so, you know, she's getting paid for tomorrow without showing up. 
but she also knows that she's not going to show up on Wednesday or the, the following day with a big old pile of work where you almost get punished for taking a little bit of time off, you know, um, remembering birthdays and special occasions. And when somebody does have a lot going on, um, somebody on my team lost their dog and a, 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 I'm a dog mom. So, um, you know, that's family. So something like that, you've got to be able to just step away, be with your emotions, have your time. So just knowing what's important to other people and allowing them that space to uh, put life first and then work. We don't work to live. Um, our jobs and our work, uh, whether it's our own business or something that you you know clock in and clock out for, should really only be a means of creating the life that we want. So yes, we can find purpose and um, pleasure from what we do when we show up every day, but that shouldn't be the extent of it. So just really being able to focus on what's important to other people and making sure that my team carves out time for those things that they want in their life and then just really be present to it. Don't worry about work. Okay. So we have a lot of young leaders, leaders early in their career, just maybe getting their first team under them and starting to kind of figure some things out. What are some of those things that you wish you'd learned earlier in your career that kind of that advice that you'd want to pass on to those young leaders to help them, you know, maybe not have to go through quite all the trials and pain right. that you did. Oh, if I could tell you all of the mistakes that I made, I would ask you to pour a drink and get, get comfortable because <laughs> I have messed up so many times and it, it, it feels, it feels like I'm a failure when I fail. And I know that that's not the truth, but sometimes we own those feelings and it feels frustrating and it feels like you're taking one step forward and two steps back. Um, the things I would encourage somebody that is new in leadership is um, definitely get to know the DISC personality uh, traits. Find out what your top um, traits are and really, really just accept it the way, the way that you are, the way that God created you to be. And then um, find out what your teammates are and those people that you're leading, because that could resolve so much conflict when we have a better understanding of what somebody's default traits are, because that person's not out to get you. They're not out to make your life miserable. They're not just teasing you because, um, you know, they're frustrating and they talk too slow and you think too fast or whatever the case is. Um, so disc would really be important. I would also encourage reading. So this girl here, didn't even finish her first full book until graduating from grad school. Like I always got through with clip notes and scanning a couple chapters worth and just skated by. Um, and now here I am uh, reading and listening to 50 books or so a year. So get yourself some, I, I love, I've got this app. It's a free app called Hoopla, H-O-O-P-L-A. It's attached to your, um, your library card. And there are so many amazing books. So I would look up some books on leadership and really dig into that because you can take away some nuggets from other people that have also learned it the hard way. And uh, it helps you to refine those, those skills and those behaviors that are inside of us. The last thing I would say is I wish I knew in my 20s what EQ meant. <laughs> but if we could get a pulse on our own EQ, and if you don't know what that means, Google it. There are videos, there are books, there's all sorts of all of it about our emotional intelligence. It is a real thing. It really, um, when we get a grasp on that, we get to 
change or control rather how we show up in stressful situations. So my knee-jerk reaction in the past and what I had done in the past, I mean, I will never forget this terrible, terrible scene replays in my mind all the time. My, my uh, prior business, somebody had done something wrong and it felt deliberate. And this is before I knew her personality type and how that might appear that she was deliberate in this, um, you know, insubordination or whatever it was. And I remember putting my hands on her desk and leaning into her face and, you know, through my teeth, like yelling at her because I had no self-control and I just wanted her to know how mad I was and disappointed and all of those emotions. And like, I will never show up at least in public. Like I might have a, a personal meltdown in my bedroom <laughs> one day, you know, but um, not, not where I am the leader. Leaders are not allowed to have bad days because people um, that rely on us to lead them they, they take that and they make it personal. Um, I made them upset. I did this, I did that. And so we have to show up in a certain state and understanding our emotional intelligence is probably the best thing a leader can know, really get to know deeply um, if you're going to lead people well, how we can control our own emotions. Wow. Those were some great, great points. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That was that was worth note-taking right there. So, And if you miss some of those, go back and listen again. So I'd be remiss, Christy, if I didn't touch on, on the conference that you and I were at in sunny Orlando a few months back, and you were the MC and had the privilege of introducing the great Lou Holtz. Tell me about that. Well, there were seven amazing speakers, and then Lou was the final speaker for this day-long expo and conference, and he was speaking of legacy. So, of course, I spent as much time as I could in the green room with him because he's the Lou Holtz, and um, I, I was tasked with creating uh, my own introduction for each speaker, which felt very heavy. You know, you want to honor somebody uh, who's just an amazing accomplished leader in the community and somebody like Lou Holtz who has decades worth of records under his belt and he's influenced thousands and thousands of athletes. And if you think of athletes, there are these people who, you know, show up on the field in a really big way, but in college, they're students, right? And they're getting ready to, to start their, uh, their first years out in the world here soon and start their own family and their own businesses. And he just got to pour into some people that was just absolutely amazing. And if you look at his records, they're very, very impressive. But if you listen to the stories about him, um, people just cherish and adore him. And, and I understand why. So to be able to introduce the Lou Holtz, and um, I hope I have a uh, uh, time for just one really funny story because he said, Christy, I know you've ha planned a really great introduction for me, but it's not going to be the best one. Uh, you'll never be able to top the best one. I said, Mr. Holtz, please tell me. And he says, my very dear friend had um, had asked to, to introduce him at this really, really big, big event. So he went up there and he says, you know, there's not too many people who come from rags to riches. There's not too many people that can break all kinds of records. And there's not so, too many people that can have their name up on walls and in memory books because of their accomplishments. I could go on and on about me, but I'm here to introduce Lou Holtz. <laughs> And he was right. Yeah, that I, I couldn't top that. But um, I, I did get to point out that it's not necessarily the record books that people really remember. It's how 
you made them feel, the impact that you had in their life and what kind of contribution he made to thousands of athletes, we may never know. But it was just such an honor to be able to share a stage with him, even just for a minute. Yeah. And he was so great. He's so self-effacing. He's so humble and he's so funny. He's got so many great stories and the delivery. Yeah. He's, he's a gem. And frankly, I see similarities. He's got such a big heart for his, for people and the students and the athletes that he worked with. And, and I hear that from you as well, the, the caring for your team and for wanting it to be special for them and make sure that they're they feel like an individual because you you see them not just as somebody on your team but for them specifically so that's that's really wonderful so christy we know that you are a reader and we're going to have some of those book links in the show notes who should reach out to you and what would be the best way for them to do that let's see anybody who is um looking to well G7, I'm I'm part of that for Florida. So if that's something that's interesting to you and you'd like to learn more or maybe even start a chapter, you can reach out to me as well. Um, I am launching a training and community group, membership group for brand new realtors or those who didn't really get that foundational training, but they really want to focus on this being their career. I'm launching a program uh, with that. And, you know, anybody else who would just like to connect, even if it's just on, you know, social media and LinkedIn, I'd love to be connected with um, amazing community leaders just like you. So you can uh, reach out to me at questions at creditchristy.com. So it's K-R-I-S-T-I, questions at creditchristy.com. Um, and you see my name here on the screen and in the show notes. So uh, I'm, I'm on pretty much at any social media platform and uh, would love to connect. All right. Excellent. Yeah. All those links will be in the show notes and as well as your podcast and highly recommend uh, as a financial primer. And you've got some kind of 201 and 301 level uh, conversations on that podcast. I love listening to that. Some great nuggets in there as well. So, well, Christy, this has been an absolute pleasure. You've got such great stories. I love your heart. I appreciate you coming on and sharing things you wished you'd learned earlier and, and how you build and grow your team. It's been, it's been really fun. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for this opportunity. I love talking with you. Okay. Well, we'll see you again soon. And with that, we are at the end of another Clarity Advisor show. So thank you so much for joining us. And if you found value in this, if you could please rate us on the platform where you are listening or watching right now, we would certainly appreciate that. And we'll see you next time on the Clarity Advisor show. Thank you for listening to the Clarity Advisor show. Clarity Advisors is a speaking training and consulting firm specializing in helping you simplify your sales and operating systems to improve efficiency and grow your profits. Connect with Clarity Advisors today to learn more about how they can help you improve communication and get your team aligned and engaged for greater success.